Hey y'all, it's Queen J. Back with another episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. And um this episode is gonna be a little difficult to like say and to actually get out there. But I think it's something that's very important when discussing obstacles surrounding healing. Um, but before we get into the topic, before we get into the nitty gritty and start really getting uncomfortable, y'all know we got to do our mindfulness first. Pause, breathe, relax. It is now time for us to open our mind. And be open to receiving new information about healing within this lifetime. It is now time for us to become one with ourselves. And put our mind at ease. All right, y'all. I really hope y'all felt that. I really hope that allowed you to connect with yourself, connect with your spirit, and just feel at peace because we all deserve to feel that at least once. I know we would like to have it forever, not have any, you know, things come and interrupt that, but life ain't that easy on us so it is really really important for us to be able to come back to our sense of self be able to exist in a space of mindfulness even if just for two moments two seconds doesn't matter it is extremely important um for today's topic it's a bit heavy so trigger warnings already this is gonna touch on just my growth as a 24-year-old, soon-to-be 25-year-old, and just reflecting, or not even reflecting, just acknowledging that I have been through and seen some stuff. And I think... It's so interesting because I know in the previous episodes, I've touched on how you can't, you shouldn't, or not couldn't, can't, but you shouldn't romanticize or you shouldn't fantasize about your future self. You shouldn't become so obsessed with becoming your future self that you forget to exist in the present. But you also, at the same time, have to be willing to acknowledge and love and accept your old self for who you were. Because at one point, that was your identity. Well, I have had a lot of changes in the past couple of weeks. Um, One of them being that, it's still hard to say it out loud, but one of my aunts, my great aunts, um, with this infectious smile, (laughs) has recently um, passed on. And she and I were very, very close 
one thing about my family, we are about as close as close can get. We may have our ups and downs, but at the end of the day, we are still family. We're there for one another, whether we like it or not. Whether that person want to talk to you or not, you're going to just sit there and be like, I'm here. I'm in the corner. I'm, I'm right here with you, you know? And that's good. But if it's anything that I'm supposed to be taking away from her sudden passing, I think it's that you have to live your life for what it is in the moment. Go after your dreams because that is the main thing that she and I discussed. Go after your dreams. But I said that this this episode was going to get heavy and it, it is because I have done some big things in my life in the past year and a half, to, to say the least. And I was scrolling through my pictures. Now, I don't do this. I really don't like scrolling through my pictures because they're heavy. Uh, I can always pick up on the feelings that I had when I took those pictures or the, the, the state of mind that I was in when I took those pictures. So I don't like scrolling through them. This is not something that I do like, oh, flip through, let's flip through the scrapbook. No, <laughs> let's not. Let's keep it closed because we know what that mindset brought. Right. So I'm scrolling through my photos because I need to find um, pictures for this article and documentary that I'm that I'm in. Um, and I'm scrolling through and I'm like. I can't even, I can't find one. I can't find a particular photo of when such and such thing affected me. And I start scrolling and I'm scrolling through everything. And for me, when I'm scrolling through all these pictures, I start to realize I'm scrolling through my healing journey. I'm scrolling through a in real time journey of my Growth of my self-love, growth of my hardships, from my hardships. Uh, I'm seeing people that I took pictures with that are no longer in my life, you know. So it just really made me see how much I've grown. And it's heavy because those times were times when I didn't want to exist for lack of a better thing to say those were times when i thought that i was so broken and you can see it in my face you can see it in my smile i literally have a a a, a album that i started to create called fake smiles because i know the difference between my real smile and the one that doesn't meet my eyes so I say that this is heavy because it's me really just hoping that you guys understand that this is not linear. Healing is not linear. And I thought that I was on the best, best time of my life, you know, growth, healing, and just just really blossoming into the person that I am now. 
and existing in the present and not existing and not dwelling in the past and not being anxious for the future, but just literally living in this exact moment in time. And well, I've, while I've still been doing that, um, over the course of the weekend where I had to go to my aunt's service, I had to see some particular individuals that I, I, I didn't want to see necessarily. I didn't want to not necessarily see them, but I didn't want to pretend and be chummy with them when I knew that it would make me uncomfortable. But almost like clockwork, the moment that I saw these people, I felt like I had to immediately hug them as a form of greeting. And so I did. But after that, I didn't want to again. And then I didn't I didn't force myself to. Um, but because of this boundary that I set of I don't want I no longer want to just hug everybody. I actually had a conversation with my little sister who was like, we can say no, <laughs> because I said if people ask you, if people come up to you and they say, can I give you a hug? You can say no. I just want you to know that. And she was kind of taken aback by it. And she was like, "I wait, wait, I can say no? I said, you can say no. If someone comes up to you and says, hey, can I give you a hug? Or, they, or if they ask you or if they just try to give you a hug and you don't want to hug them, you can say, I, I don't want to be touched. I, you don't. And it's funny because right after that conversation... I saw on Instagram a video of a woman saying, let's normalize the fact that you don't have to say I'm sorry before you set a boundary. You can just simply say, no, I don't want to be touched right now. I prefer you don't touch me. I prefer, you know, and I'm just saying that for me because I noticed throughout the entire service that everyone was so touchy-feely, and I did not want to be touched. I truly didn't want the affection, and not necessarily because it was coming from my family, and I've had some less than uncomfortable, you know, more than uncomfortable conversations with them regarding, you know, my wanting to be touched, but it's more so about my safety. If I don't feel safe with someone, why would I want them to invade my space and hug me, even if it's just a form of greeting? And so after I had like kind of just instinctively reverted back to like my childhood ways and just gave so and so a hug, I was just kind of like kicking myself because I know who I am now. And I was pissed. I was like, you hug that person and they probably think that what they did was okay. And so I'm overthinking everything. And I was actually going to go back into my shell and suffer in silence. And I did for a little bit. I did for a little bit because I didn't know how to say it. It was so heavy on my heart that I couldn't speak. 
And then I remembered all the times that I talked with my aunt about this, all the times that I talked with other people in my family about how I wanted to speak on the things that I think about. So I, so I spoke on it. I, I pulled my father aside and I said, I, I asked him, it was hard. I was like, this is really hard for me, but I need to say this. And he was like, go ahead. And I said, I don't want to hug them. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to hug anyone. And he was like, who said you have to? And the crazy thing about that for me was it was like a huge eye opener because it's like, who said that every time we see someone, whether they've hurt us, whether they haven't hurt us or whatever the case may be, who said that we have to sacrifice our own needs and give in to what they want? Who said that? Of course, I took it from a poetic lens and I was just like, who said this colloquially, 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 I get it, I get it. <laughs> who said this colloquially? What person decided that you have to hug your abuser? I want to know because who said that you have to continue to put yourself in an uncomfortable position because it's going to benefit that other person. Who said it? Because that's where my head was at when I gave this person a hug. I got asked the question, did you give this person a hug? And I said, yes. And it wasn't because I wanted to give them a hug. It was because it's been ingrained in me too. It's been conditioned in me to do that exact thing. Especially given the circumstance of what is going on. You know, we're all very close with this individual. And this individual's mother was the one who had passed, who is my great aunt. And I was like coming to terms with it myself. So out of instinct, yes, I gave this person a hug. But I kicked myself afterwards. I beat myself up so much that I almost made the entire trip hell for myself because I was at war with my own actions. And well, until and I was probably going to be at war with myself until I finally said, yo, I'm uncomfortable with that and I'm not going to do that. And so. Because there was another individual within my family that has caused me pain. And I knew that I would be seeing them. I started to feel, oh my God, I have to hug that person too. And I don't want them to ever be in my presence. I'm pissed. And when I expressed that to my father and I told him, I don't want to hug them. I just need to get this out. I don't want to hug them. I don't want to, you know, I was very not dramatic, but I was very clear about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And his response was, I don't hug people that I don't want to hug. I don't talk to people that I don't want to talk to. So what makes you think that I would subject you to do that? What makes you think that we're going to let you do that? And that was so 
what I needed in that moment because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. And it was on my mind so much that I was crying to myself. And the only thing that I could think of was actually my own words. Call it egotistical, but I wrote this poem long time ago called The Girl Behind Glass. And in this poem, there is a line, a stanza that I wrote that says, (laughs) that says, Tears rolling down my cheeks as I question my identity. That was the line that stood out to me during that time. I was in the hotel bed. I was about to go to sleep. And that's all I could think of. And as it was, as I was thinking of it, that's what was happening Tears were rolling down my cheeks yet again as I questioned my own identity because of the simple fact that why did I subject myself to hugging someone that I knew had caused me immense harm? And I'll tell you why. Because again, it was conditioned into me to hug them, to greet them. It was groomed into me, into my bones, into my nature. And that is a very good example of what grooming can cause an individual feel even years down the road. Cause I'm not a little kid anymore, but the moment that I saw that person instinctively because they're in pain, I'm in pain. Okay. When it wasn't okay. My body wasn't okay with it. My mind wasn't okay with it. My soul wasn't okay with it. Yet it happened so quickly that after it happened, I was just like, uh, why the, why, what did I do? And it wasn't a long hug. It was a quick little like, you know, but almost instinctively, I wanted to say, I'm sorry. And I got so angry with myself that I was like, what the hell am I sorry for? Sorry that you conditioned me to be the person that hugs you whenever you're hurting. Yet when I'm hurting, I get a blind eye. I'm sorry for the pain that you caused me. That makes no sense. So instead of pretending like this was okay, I talked with someone about it and they said the same thing. They looked at me and they said, what the hell are you sorry for? What the hell are you sorry for? I get the nature. I get the circumstance. But what are you choosing to be sorry about? Because I, the way I see it, you don't got nothing to be sorry about. That was their decision. So for you to instinctively give them a hug, okay, give yourself some grace. Because the thing is, that wasn't something that you had intentionally wanted to do. So when I started to give myself some grace and I talked with my dad about it, I got the answer that I needed, which was never allow yourself to experience additional pain 
from the person that already caused you pain to begin with. Never allow yourself to hug and forgive in that way your abuser, your attacker. I don't care who it is. If they harmed you physically, never allow yourself to feel as if it's your fault that you were harmed. And I'll say that again. Never allow yourself to feel as if it's your fault. It is your responsibility because you decided to tell the truth. One of my very good cousins at the service, I was about to do something so bad. And I don't mean bad in terms of blowing up the funeral or in terms of outing out someone's drama or anything like that. What I mean is that it would not have been conducive for me. It would have been bad for me. Mentally, emotionally, physically, all of it. Because essentially, I was on the verge of talking to one of my abusers. And I don't know if I would have said something bad in terms of like cussing or in terms of it coming from um, anger. But I do know that there's a time and a place and that I've been wanting there to be this time for us to have a conversation. But every time I get to this, this point of us having a conversation and me replaying the conversation in my head or me thinking about it, practicing it, whatever the case may be, building myself up for it, I get to this level of what the hell is there to say? What, what do I need to say to this individual that has caused me pain? Truly. And I talked with my cousin and my cousin was like, baby girl, maybe that's not what you need within your healing. And the whole point of this episode is really to understand that maybe that's not what you need in your healing. I know so many of us think that one day we'll get to the point of our healing where we can talk to our abuser, especially if there's especially if our abuser was someone who was close with us. I'm talking blood ties that bind. If that is the case, we often find ourselves going through this loop. And I know I'm not, I know I'm not the only one because I've heard it from a lot of people. We often find ourselves saying, well, one day I'm going to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you, stand in your face and tell you F you for the things that you did to me, F you for this, F you for that. But here's the thing. Maybe that's not what we need. Maybe it's truly the peace that we find within ourselves. That should be enough. We shouldn't have to subject ourselves to more trauma because we're trying to prove a point that the trauma wasn't ours to begin with. Let me say that again. We shouldn't have to subject ourselves to more bullshit to prove a point to the person that the trauma was not ours to begin with. That was theirs. It's not ours. And it's, and it's, it's, it's not ours. It truly is not ours. 
Because I'll say something else. What a person does to you is what they have done to themselves. It's what they have conditioned themselves to believe about themselves. If a person invades your space, they allow that to be done to themselves. If a person can look past you and ignore you and pretend that you didn't have any type of relationship with them, then they have done that with themselves. They have numbed that part off for themselves. They don't want to go there. It's not you. So the fact that circumstances may cause you guys to be in the same room doesn't mean you have to subject yourself to that. And my family was so supportive of me that they all told me, why would you do that to yourself? You don't like this person. We don't like this person. If you were going to go talk to them, what would you even say? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I need to. And that's where my cousin was like, baby girl, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And maybe that's not for you. Maybe she's like, I have been to therapy. I have done this. But don't rush it because you think that that's what you need to do. Because to be honest, if that had to happen to me, that's not going to be a part of my healing. I can choose whether or not that that level is something that I aspire to get to. Because the fact of the matter is it happened. And I broke down and I said, I feel like I broke my family. Family, if you're listening, I did feel this way for a very long time because I told the truth. But this cousin told me, shout out to Big Mama. She told me, our family is strong. And we are. And she said, you did not break this family. Those decisions were made long before you came along. Those decisions were made with or without you being involved. And those decisions were made by their own doing. You told the truth. Never, ever feel bad about telling the truth. And what's crazy is my aunt, my great aunt, I could hear her saying, that's right. You told the truth. Now this family has to deal with it. We, we don't see nothing wrong with you telling the truth. Yes, this family is somewhat divided in that area, but who cares? Because at the end of the day, we can forgive and try to move forward. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to allow you to subject yourself to more trauma because you feel like you owe it to that person to speak to them because of the situation. Don't let a life circumstance cause you to be in the same room with someone that has caused you pain and you forget that they caused you pain to begin with. Because I'm telling you that'll take you downward in a spiral that you would never believe. It'll bring back all of the unhealed versions of yourself. 
Let's get uncomfortable, y'all. Let's let's talk about it. Because seriously, when I tell you I had this experience over the weekend, it messed me up. Because I was going to, and then my favorite cousin stepped in and she said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this is not this is not the reaction that I was expecting at all. So when I got that reaction, when I got that support, when I when I got that, I spoke on it. And here's the thing that also rubs me a bit raw. It rubs me raw. And it's okay. Because here's the thing. Maybe they're dealing with their own guilt. Maybe they're going through their own struggles, whatever the case may be. But it's interesting that I'm the one who was a victim. I'm the one who was selected. I'm the one who was hurt. And this individual has chosen to reconnect, reestablish a connection with the person who gave me life. It's the weirdest thing. I'll never understand it. And I'm also realizing that maybe it is not for me to understand. Maybe that needs to happen first. Who cares? But it is weird because I am the one who was affected. I'm not saying that it didn't directly impact anyone else around me because it does. If you love and care for me and you find out that this is what's going on, these incidents were occurring behind your back, under your nose, you know, behind closed doors, whatever the case may be, however you want to frame it. Then, of course, you're going to feel secondhand hurt. Hell, maybe even firsthand, because if you directly related to me, then you're going to feel that. So it's interesting to me, not as a whole, but it's interesting to me that there are so many different levels to this, this particular type of healing. Healing from grooming is a totally different type of healing. And that is what I've been hinting at. When I say incidents, when I say the incident, and I know that I've never said it on one of our episodes before, but I need to say it now because in order for you guys to understand the severity of this episode, you need to understand what incidents I am referring to. And yes, it took me a minute to get to this point. But if you have been groomed in any way, you have to know, again, as I've been reiterating, it is not your fault. That decision was their own. But you also have to understand that just because you were groomed, our healing does not necessarily have to include them. And what I mean by that, again, is it doesn't have to include you guys going to some type of location. 
and having a conversation and saying, why did you do this to me? It doesn't need to happen. Maybe you may want that for your healing and that's perfectly fine and dandy because I'll be honest with you, that's what I have been wanting for so freaking long. I wanted an understanding as to why my innocence was taken as a joke. Why someone very close to me chose to, to hurt me in such a vile way. I wanted to know why. But the really sad truth about it all, and this may be just for me, and it may be universal. But the very sad truth about it all is that sometimes we just never know why. Sometimes you just don't get that closure. And I say closure with parentheses because, or with quotation marks, not parentheses, but because it's not closure. I don't believe that there will ever be closure with an individual who has caused you that particular type of pain. There can be closure within yourself where you console your younger self when those feelings of triggers and and unwantedness or whatever, you know, when those triggers start to occur. But there probably more than likely will not be closure with that individual themselves unless they were eh, somewhat experiencing the same thing and they are willing to address it. They are willing to say, I took this out on you because I experienced da 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 da. But if that person is not willing to do that, if that person is not willing to say, hey, and this and, and, and break it down to you, you have to be okay. I have to be okay. Because if I don't get the expectation of, hey, I expect so-and-so to come to me and tell me they're sorry, then I have to be okay. I have to say sorry to myself. You didn't experience that. I love you. And I have to keep it pushing because the thing is, the more you expect something, the more disappointment that you get. Because when we put expectations on people, especially our abusers, depending on how they abused us, that can lead to a whole world of hurt because oftentimes our expectations come from us expecting ourselves from someone else. Something that we would want, something that we would do from someone else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that individual is capable of that. I don't think y'all can hear me right now. If that individual doesn't have that characteristic trait, that quality that is similar to your own, where you're saying, okay, I expect an apology. I expect this and this and this. I expect them to treat me in this regard because I treat them that way or because I would do this. It's going to lead to disappointment because they don't have that within them. 
If they don't have that within them, you can't give it to them and say, hey, do this. Because the thing is, they're going to look at them. They're going to look at you. They're going to look at it. They're going to look at you again. And they're going to say, no, I'm going to do it my own way. Because the disappointment comes from when we set those expectations within ourselves on someone else. So. I'll tell you, for the longest time, I was expecting my abusers to come to me and talk to me about it, especially after it outed everything. But that didn't happen. And you know what's fucked up? Excuse my language. It hasn't happened. Even after I hugged that person, I have yet to hear a single Not an apology, but I have yet to hear a single form of acknowledgement of, yeah, I did that. Instead, what I got was the exact opposite. She's crazy. She needs help. I would never do such a thing. So, of course, it makes me think. Damn, did I make the damn thing up? Did I make everything up? Did I break this family? Did I break what was already broken? Did I expose something that didn't actually happen? Did I break what didn't need to be fixed? These are all the things that have gone through my head this entire year and a half, two years. Because... I did not know. And hearing my other family members come to me and say, you didn't break this family. This family is strong. This family has gone through a lot. You didn't break it. You told the truth. I broke a cycle that needed to be broken. It's not something that needed to stay the same. I broke the chain. I broke the damn chain. So I think when I was in their presence and I realized that I broke the chain and I realized that I messed everything up, I felt As though I did something wrong because of the simple fact that when you step into that unhealed version of yourself, when you step into those unhealed places where you were very uncomfortable within your own skin, it causes you to think that you are doing something wrong. It causes you to feel as if you're wrong Existing in the skin that you exist in. You're wrong existing in the place that you choose to exist in. Because of the simple fact. That that's what they conditioned you to believe. And of course when they condition you to believe that. It's very hard to pull yourself out of that cycle. So of course it makes sense why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. It makes sense why I was crying and choosing to suffer in silence and saying that I wanted to disappear. But there was something different about it. 
I chose to do the opposite. I spoke up. The incidents that occurred, I'm healing from. I'm actually in the process of doing ED, e, EDMR therapy. I always mess it up. I always, either that's the E. Yes, I'm in the process of doing this, which is essentially reprocessing what occurred to me or what happened to me as a child. And what this does is it allows me to reprocess in a healthy manner, in a safe manner. More importantly, emphasis on safe because I am able to express the emotion that I suppressed. I strongly encourage if you're ever willing, if any of you guys are ever interested in really digging deep and doing your shadow work and really digging deep and understanding how these things come about in your life, do that work. Now, I do not suggest doing it first. I actually suggest, I strongly suggest, I'm a huge advocate for this type of therapy, especially for people with um, complex PTSD like myself. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a first step in that direction that I took because what that does is it allows you to make that behavioral change. Cognitively, you were conditioned, and this is not just within grooming, this is just within healing in general. You were conditioned to believe that you needed to live in a certain space. You needed to live in a negative mindset. You needed to live in a certain condition that you're actually not supposed to be living in. So because you were living under those survival methods or under that conditioned belief or conditioned thought process, you're more than likely going to slip into negative behaviors, negative thought processing, negative overthinking, overanalyzing, those things that cause anxiety, depression, and triggers. And one of the best things that cognitive behavioral therapy has done for me and does for people who participate in it. So from the people that I've spoken with, it allows us to be able to reframe and recondition our mind so that when we have a trigger, our first thought isn't, okay, I'm going to stop eating. No. Our thought is more, I could stop eating, but that's what I used to do. What's a way that I can change this behavior to benefit me rather than to harm me? Oh, I know. I can cook something. It's really just giving you the tools to understand that you are in a conditioned place of power. Versus being in a conditioned place to feel hopeless or helpless or unstable. For me, it has allowed me to feel grounded in my sense of self. Because I have been able to establish a solid routine for myself. And cognitive 
without cognitive behavioral therapy, I don't think I would have been able to do that. I think that I would have been scrambling for the right things to say, the right things to do. I would have been relying on other individuals to uplift me, which is fine every now and then, but to be continually or habitually dependent upon someone is not healthy. And that's what I was at one point in my life. So cognitive behavioral therapy definitely helps you stay rooted in the present and helps you understand like, yes, this may be something that we used to do that was negative. This may be an action that we used to do that was easy for us to slip into, but there are other methods there. How can we change our frame of mind so that we can do more engagement in positive activity and positive reinforcement rather than punishing ourselves for feeling a certain way, punishing ourselves for experiencing life even. Because that's something that I've realized as well that I used to do. Secondly, I am now, like I said, in the process of processing, reprocessing trauma things that I did not want to occur to me within my childhood. And I've discovered that there is a huge lack of intimacy, but a desire for intimacy that I want. There's a lack of intimacy that I have, but a desire for it that I want and need. But because it was stolen from me, it's very hard for me to allow myself to be in that position of where I can accept it from someone else. So what EMDR does is it allows me to go back, think of the times where I experience these incidents and really get out the feelings that I didn't get out when I was a kid. Because I'll say this again, you were a child. It's not your fault. Shame deserves to be placed on the people that decided to make those decisions in the first place. Because let's be honest, the adult or the person that was older than you the authority that was held over you knew damn well what they were doing. Whatever the case may be, I don't care if it's grooming. I don't care if it's just considered a form of regular emotional or physical abuse, because the bottom line is this individual is fully aware of what they are doing. They are fully aware. I want you to keep that in mind because even now when I see my abusers, which I don't see them often, I'm very aware of them being aware that I know that they know what they did. They know 
There's no running away from it. There's no pretending that it didn't happen. Because if nothing occurred, and I'll say this just in general, for those who have experienced abuse, for those who have experienced different levels of abuse, if they did not know what occurred, why is it that so many of us have had the story of, I confronted them about it and they got angry. If I confronted you about something and you didn't actually do it, wouldn't you be more calm about the fact that you didn't actually do it? Wouldn't you be more reserved about the fact that you didn't actually do it instead of manic and angry? Yes, what I'm saying is accusatory. But if you didn't actually do it, why put so much emotion into it? Why put so much emphasis into, do you believe her? Do you believe her? Do you, do you really think that she, that I, do you really, do you, why care so much about the perception of self when you know you didn't do it? And I will leave it at that. All right, y'all. So this was Let's Get Uncomfortable. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening. This was a really heavy topic. So again, if you guys need to pause this at any time, feel free. It's not a problem. Um, I do want to say one last thing. I am now accepting um, donations. And I am also accepting um, people who want to be featured on the podcast as well. There will be a fee of $10 if you're wanting to be a feature and this will cover the cost of, you know, you being a feature on the podcast, um, getting to tune in and rock out with me, discuss some topics about healing and as well as supporting your art or things that you are actively engaged in that you would like to have support with. Again, I appreciate everyone for seeing and hearing me. You guys are the greatest. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Peace. Thank you for seeing and hearing me. Queen Jess.